I'm Lynn Wolf, and welcome to this edition of our Rural Lifestyle Dealer podcast series, How Dealers Can Compete in Today's Digital World. In this podcast, we talk with Dave Groves of Equipment Dealer Marketing. Dave addresses the topics of a dealership's website and online presence, topics that are critical for success in today's digital world. Many dealers struggle with online marketing because they lack resources, budget, or because the topic is outside their comfort zone. Often, their website was established years ago with few updates made since then. Dave is a web designer and developer with years of experience in print and online marketing, specializing in the dealer segment. This podcast is brought to you by Yanmar. I encourage you to subscribe to this series, currently available on iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. You will then receive an alert about upcoming episodes when they are released. Thank you to Yanmar for bringing us this podcast. Don't settle for less when you can have more. Yanmar makes all its compact tractors major drivetrain components, the Yanmar engine, transmission and axles all in-house. You and your customers get a hardworking machine with more usable horsepower, less power loss, and a smoother, more comfortable ride. Yanmar's tractors are designed to work as hard as you do for a lifetime. Strengthen your dealership today with Yanmar. Email them at agmarketing at yamar.com or call 770-877-9894. Most of your potential customers are researching online before they enter your dealership, and they are often searching using keywords or phrases, as opposed to directly going to your website. This means your site has to attract the attention of search engines like Google, so your company ranks high in search results. Dave Groves of Equipment Dealer Marketing says that if you haven't updated your site in a while or your site lacks certain key components, Google won't regard you as an expert and won't direct people to you. You'll lose potential sales regardless of how great your dealership is. Let's listen in to ways your dealership can be more competitive online. So Dave, could you comment on the idea about the smaller dealers and the topic we're talking about today in terms of competing in today's digital world? Well, sure, Lynn, I'd be happy to. This is something that I pretty much work with on a daily basis. The digital world has matured to the point where the larger players have many of the advantages in terms of its dominance and resources and its ability to control the conversation. All of this is related to ad budgets and staffing and how many people you can employ to look after marketing in the digital space, which is really quite a complex uh, feat, whether you're paying for advertising or whether you're looking for social media presence or a high organic ranking for your website. Most of my clients are small family-owned businesses, and we confront this issue every day. They don't have resources at their command. What my role is, is to make sure that we can optimize the resources they have to effectively compete and gather viewer attention to the point where we can use the internet for a positive ROI for their ad and marketing budget. And the basic infrastructure for that is a website that works. Is that correct? Well, that's where I usually start. That's really what I've been doing. My main focus for the past 15 years has been on website development and optimization. 
without being able to control your own website, it's very difficult to engage in the activities that are necessary to compete. So that many of the channels that we use for the website to create conversions and new customers is based on an ability to post content to the site. So without being able to do that, it makes it very, very difficult then to create the presence that you need to attract attention. In terms of what's out there now, are you seeing a lot of dealers that have launched a website maybe 10 years ago or five years ago and just haven't changed it since then because they just don't have the ability to do so? Well, that's an issue. In order to attract the positive attention of Google, you need to create more of a dynamic site. And what I mean by that is that Google will pay attention to how often you modify or add to the content of your website. And in so doing, it's a message to Google to the importance that your business places on a website. So that if you haven't updated your site in a very long time, it's sending a message to Google and other search engines that you really don't regard it as an important part of your marketing. And so in that sense, they're not going to want to direct visitors to your site for fear that they're going to be disappointing the visitors because that's the business model of the search engines is pleasing viewers and directing them to the places that are offering them the information they're looking for. Yeah, so it's a a shift in thinking in terms of a website being a place where people just type in your domain name and get to you. So dealers need to be thinking of they're typing in, you know, products, mowers, tractors, and finding the dealership that way. And so that's kind of a shift in thinking, isn't it? Well, it is. And again, this goes back to how popular the internet and digital world has become in the last five or seven years and how crowded the marketplace is. Most of the people are searching for information with a phrase that they enter into the search engine. And some people, of course, if they know exactly who they're trying to reach, they'll put in the dealer's name and your site's going to come up regardless. But if they are putting in a keyword phrase, such as compact tractor for sale, then you are going to be competing against other websites and web presences who are involved in that space. And so that's where you need to be having relevant content and having a dynamic site so that when viewers are typing in keywords that are relevant to your business, your website comes up at what I call the top of the fold. If you're not in that first five spots, the number of clicks are so small to be not even worth tracking. So we'll dive in a little bit here. So you had shared with me in terms of the tools that dealers need to think about. And so you said Google Analytics and the Google Search Console. So can you dive into those a little bit for our dealers? Oh, you bet. These are free services that Google provides to you if you sign up for them and give you tremendous amounts of data so that you can make decisions concerning how your website needs to be managed and edited. 
Let's start with Google Analytics. Google Analytics will provide you with the total number of visitors in any given time period that are landing on your website. The data includes how long they've stayed there, which pages they visit. So this kind of information is extremely valuable in order for you to evaluate the effectiveness on your site. So let me give you an example. Let's say that you have a very important page. Let's say that your page is talking about compact tractors, for instance. If you see that your visitors are not spending very much time on that particular page, you need to infer that they're not finding the content that they're looking for. So then, therefore, you can go back to your page and you can say, well, how can we edit this page to create the kind of content that our viewers are looking for? Because you want engagement. Without engagement, you're not going to convert visitors to phone calls or email form submissions or visits to your showroom floor. That's really what we're after here. So without that data, you don't know how effective your website is being with regards to engagement. And these tools allow you to see into the behavior of your visitors so that you can make those adjustments. It sounds like dealers then can, as opposed to just, you know, starting over with the website, that they can make adjustments, like you said, along the way and try and get closer to where they need to be so they don't have to just throw everything out. Well, that kind of depends. If their previous efforts have not resulted in much result at all, often it's best to just go ahead and start over because you're really not losing anything. However, if you have a site that's performing fairly well and you just need it to improve, then as long as you have access to the website, to being able to edit and add content and look at the analytics data, then yes, of course, that's perfectly okay. Then all you need to do is find out from the data what your viewers are looking for and then supply it to them. It's really fairly simple in terms of overall ideas here. You just want to provide what your visitors are looking for. And once you can do that, the rest of the process is much easier. When a dealer is looking at these analytics, how do they know whether the numbers that they're seeing, the levels they're seeing are, are good or, or bad? I mean, is there any way that they can, how do they just look at those raw numbers and decide? Well, that gets a little tricky because there's a lot of data, but if you look at the bigger picture, it's fairly straightforward. The number of website visitors to give you an indication fairly quickly as to how successful your website is at attracting visitors. A lot also would depend upon your market area. If you're rural, you're not going to be seeing 10,000 visitors a month. That's just not going to be happening. So you kind of have to view those numbers based upon your own situation. Another way to look at it in terms of the effectiveness of your pages and content is if they leave the page quickly, that would mean, oh, maybe 20 seconds, 15 to 20 seconds. That's a very strong indicator that that page needs to be addressed if it's important to what you're selling. Nationally, I've heard recently that if your page is not keeping visitors 
for at least three minutes, 10 seconds, you're probably not going to be on page one. However, to qualify that a little bit, that's a national survey. So we're talking about competing, say, for an e-commerce site that maybe everyone in the United States could potentially visit. Three minutes is not a absolute number. If you have a smaller marketing area and people are staying on for a minute and a half, I mean, I think that would be perfectly okay. You're always looking for improvement. You want your visitors going up. You want your page time going up. That really is the most important metric. All right. The other tool that you mentioned was the Google Search Console. So can you comment on that? Sure. Google Search Console is another free tool that Google offers, but the data is quite different. One of the most valuable things it does is it lets you know that Google has indexed your site. Now, we're going to get a little technical here, and I apologize for that, but in order for your website to come up as a result of search keyword phrases, you need to be indexed. A page needs to be indexed by Google because you're not even going to be in the hunt unless you're indexed. So let's say if you have a website with 20 pages and Google Search Console will tell you how many of those 20 pages Google has decided are important enough to index. So let's say that only five pages of your website has been indexed. Well, that's going to be a problem. That means that three-quarters of your website is not attracting traffic and working for you. So you need to address that in some way. That's one valuable piece of information. The second is that Google Search Console allows you to see how well your pages are ranking for various keywords so that if, once again, let me go back to Compact Tractor or Compact Tractors for Sale. Google Search Console will let you know whether you are receiving any clicks and any impressions. That means someone who has entered a search phrase in which you're relevant. And so it gives you data concerning to how effective your pages are being at attracting clicks. And that's probably the most important part that I use Search Console for. We'll rejoin the discussion, but I did want to take a moment and again thank our sponsor, Yanmar, for making this program possible. Yanmar continuously strives to exceed customer expectations and delivers exceptional lifetime value. Visit them at yanmartractor.com backslash new dealer inquiry. So far in this podcast, Dave Groves has shared how you can show Google and your potential customers that you are an authoritative and trusted source so that you can convince website visitors to take the next step and visit your store in person. He also talked about how you can use free Google Analytics to learn what kinds of information your customers are interested in so that you can keep them on your site. Let's get back to the program and learn more about the value of video. And so let's dive in a little bit more and talk about the real goal, which is to generate traffic to the site. And you had mentioned earlier in the discussion about organic traffic and organic traffic sources. Can you talk about the difference between organic and paid? And then we can talk a little bit more about those organic traffic sources. Sure, you bet. Let's look at the whole game at 10,000 feet, if you will. The two most important issues as far as the success of your website goes, one is traffic and two is conversions. 
So, for instance, if your website is not getting any traffic, well, then it's really not working as a marketing vehicle for you. On the other hand, if you have a website that's fairly successful in generating a lot of traffic, but no one's contacting you as a result, then the result is the same. So we start at the top and we're looking at traffic. And if you break that down again, there are two sources of traffic to your website. One is organic and the second is paid. Organic is just that amount of traffic that your website is going to be generating by Google through searches by viewers. You're not paying for it except for the fact that you're designing a site and you're developing content to attract that traffic. So there's a cost, of course, to organic traffic. And then the second source of traffic is paid. And there are various things you can do. It started out in the world of digital marketing, paid traffic was banner ads and sidebar ads that you would click on. But the main game in town now is AdWords, pay-per-click, and then Facebook advertising. Those are the two main venues that businesses use to pay for traffic to their website. In Google's case, what you do is you enter into an auction for particular keyword phrases. So let's go back again to compact tractors for sale. So let's say then you're selling compact tractors in Springfield, Missouri. So let's say that your marketing area is five counties. Well, what you can do is you can enter into AdWords pay-per-click and you can say, I would be willing to pay $2.50 per click to my website for anyone who puts in a search for compact tractors. And I'm going to pay for it if they are located within a five county area around Springfield. Then you designate the counties, you know, and then you give them a credit card. So from then on, you are buying traffic to your website. If you can convert that traffic in a reasonable manner, this can be a very successful and profitable way to increase your business because you'll be getting leads that you may not necessarily have gotten through organic sources alone. So it's often a very valuable enhancement. So that's paid advertising. Jumping back up to organic, now what you have to do to optimize and increase your organic traffic is that you have to use all the tools at your disposal to convince Google that you're an authoritative and trusted source for them to send visitors to. So on the one hand, with organic traffic, you're working on your website, you're working on various techniques you use to communicate the content of your website in an effective way for Google, for the search engines, okay? And then you have to write that content actually for the viewer. So it's a kind of a tricky thing. I'm not going to talk a lot about Facebook advertising because it's a little bit different than Google, but it's the same process. You don't use keywords. You use profiles of people with various interests who live in various areas. Then Facebook will deliver your ads to the people who have those interests that you identify. You pay per each response. So in a nutshell, that's kind of what we're talking about, the distinction between organic and paid traffic.
In terms of then, you know, having that content that people are looking for that makes them authoritative, blog articles are a key component of that. Can you talk about what a blog is and the goals and how to achieve it? Well, in terms of organic traffic, probably one of the most important things you can do is to create content that is of interest to your audience and what people are searching for. It doesn't have to be a blog, by the way. A blog is a particular format that is used to present content. It's not necessary. You can have, let's say, instead of calling it a blog, you can call it articles in your, say, menu on your website. So let's say, for instance, you sell a line of tractors that has a particular advantage in terms of attaching implements to the tractor and you want to highlight that to your viewers, then you would write an article on your website about this particular line of tractor. Maybe you have a couple of pictures, and then you look at analytics and you begin to understand how much traffic those content pieces are attracting to your site. And so it kind of points you the way. You'll see as you develop content that some of it is going to be relatively unimportant to your audience and some of it is going to be very important and you look at the data and go okay well we're going to go we're going to drill down a little deeper because we're getting a lot of hits on this particular article the data that you get informs you as to how relevant and important it is to your customers google takes a notice of that and they'll say well they're delivering content that's really important to these people and their traffic is growing So they reward you by indexing your content higher in the search results. Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, you can adjust as you go. So the idea would be to just, you know, get started on some content, get started on developing, whether it's a blog or or photos or whatever, and, and then let your customers tell you if that's the right information. So... That's, you know, that's interesting, a good, a good direction. Well, I think the main thing is the feedback. Often what your customers want isn't necessarily what you would think, and it surprises you sometimes. So it's important to look at the data and let the data decide <laughs> instead of your own <laughs> ideas about what's important and not important. Right, because it would change based on the season, based on what maybe is happening with the economy or within the region. So, yeah, definitely. And so also showing off your your inventory, you had indicated that's definitely something that dealers need to do in terms of content. Of course, that's why people are coming to the site. So are there better ways to show off the inventory? What we try to do for our customers is provide the information that our viewers are looking for without having to leave the site. Clearly, there are sources of information about lines of equipment that are available through large websites, including, you know, the the manufacturer sites. And that's terrific, except for the fact that, like anything else, once a viewer is migrated away from your site, it's easy for them to get distracted by other content that comes up. This is particularly true in social media, but it's also true in terms of websites. So, for instance, if you're relying on a third-party source of information about a particular piece of equipment for your viewer, then they're going to click away and they may come back or they may not. But you don't want to lose them. So our experience indicates that 
the more information you can provide on your own website, on the dealer site, regarding that piece of equipment and satisfying their needs for certain types of specs that would affect their decision. Now, obviously, you can't get too deep because bottom line is, at some point, you really do need to fill out that information with the talk to somebody in the dealership who can give them expert advice in terms of how much horsepower they would need for a particular application or what type of machine would be most appropriate for what they're trying to do. But in terms of a first look and keeping them on the site, our experience suggests that you want to give them something. You want to make it exciting and you want to make it a little bit technical to satisfy both sides of the personality spectrum. Some people, it's an emotional decision more than anything. Some people, it's a very analytical decision and they're comparing all kinds of specs and features and benefits. So what we try to do is keep people on our site by offering them information so that would keep them engaged and encourage them then to go a little bit deeper and call or write the dealer come in. Can you talk about how dealers can use videos through YouTube and, and how to connect back to their dealership and their website? Sure. There's a couple of things about videos that can be great contributors to organic search. It's no trouble at all to create a YouTube channel. Now, the reason you do that is that videos take up a lot of space. And so you don't really want to host that on your own servers. And so you use YouTube to host the videos. Now, the video content can be either from a third-party source or it can be your own internally generated. I tend to value the internally generated a little higher. Let me give you an example. Let's say, for instance, you're trying to present the features and benefits of a particular compact tractor. Well, if it's sitting on your lot in front of your sign, and one of your salespeople are talking about the tractor and what it can do and how it can satisfy the needs of the viewer. It's a lot more powerful than watching a video from the manufacturer. It's somewhat generic because you are communicating the knowledge that you, the dealer, has about the equipment and why the viewer would trust you in terms of your knowledge of what they're trying to do in the, and matching it with the appropriate piece of equipment. Another thing that, that's important here is that people learn and digest information in completely different ways. There are some people who would prefer to read an article, but there are also a lot of people who would prefer to watch content and that's where videos can be extremely valuable. You can pick up engagement in a way that you can't do with a conventional web page. So, yes, it's important. And it's really not too tough. You can use a fairly good quality smartphone to create quite good video content. So it's something that can be done internally. It just kind of takes a certain priority in order to get it done. And also, I think dealers don't need to worry about it being so overly professional that the, the real goal is to be authentic and to convey good information. Can you comment on that, on the idea of you know dealers maybe being concerned that they can't produce a professional enough video? 
Well, you know, you can get lost in that way, and there's no reason to, because what happens is that you get better at it. The important thing is just to go ahead and get started, because, okay, so it may not be the highest quality, but the point is, is that the content of the video puts the attention and the focus back on the dealership. Too often, the focus is on the brand, and brands are great. They certainly authenticate value in the minds of the consumer. So brands are important, but they can also eclipse the role of the dealer. So getting started is just the important part here. Don't worry about the quality. Just go do it. Start posting the video, and then over time, it gets better and better and better, and then it's just another tool in the toolbox you can use to enhance the value of your dealership. Thank you again to Dave Groves for sharing how dealers can be strong competitors in the digital marketplace. He says that dealers can be viewed as an authority by search engines and by customers by providing fresh, engaging content. This will keep website visitors from becoming distracted and turning into a competitor for information and ultimately for equipment. His advice to dealers, put the focus on your dealership. Too often, the focus is too much on the brand. Dave also says that when it comes to developing online content, such as blog posts or videos, the most important thing is just to get started. You'll improve on each try, and you'll be providing customers with valuable information all along the way. Again, we'd like to recognize and thank our sponsor, Yanmar, for helping make this Rural Lifestyle Dealer podcast series possible. And please share your feedback on today's program by sending me an email to lwolf at lessetermedia.com or call me at 316-648-3717. You can keep up on the latest rural equipment news and trends by registering online for our e-newsletter, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Stay tuned for additional podcasts from our experts and from dealers. From all of us at Rural Lifestyle Dealer, I'm Lynn Wolf, and thanks for listening. <music>